Phoenix Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, the team interviews Michael Liu, Executive Vice President at Ghost Kitchen Operator, Just Kitchen. Hear more about how the Taiwan-based Ghost Kitchen operates, as well as what Ghost Kitchens are, and what the future holds for them. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X Talks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at xtalks.com. And this week, I'm joined by Aisha Rashid, Vera Kovacevic, and our first special guest, EVP of Just Kitchen, Michael Liu. Thank you so much for coming today. So we have a lot hey, to talk about. Hey, thanks for uh, having me. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for being here. So I'm just going to start off with uh, our first question for you. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your career in the food and beverage industry so far. Oh, of course. Um, you know, um, uh, actually, uh, I was born in Taiwan, but, um, you know, I was raised in uh, Canada. But, you know, born in the, uh, in the Asian family, you know, food and beverage is not always like the first choice, right? <laughs> So, you know, it probably like, you know, scientists, engineers, lawyers, probably, you know, better choice. But, um, you know, my uh, my first uh, job actually uh, in university was actually with Starbucks. And, and oh. that, that really kind of, you know, uh, brought started my career in FMB. And um, that, that's actually when, when the year that Howard Shells came back right from 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 retirement. And um you know, I, I just fell in love with his passion about food and beverage and how, how we can change, you know, people's day just by serving a great cup of coffee and stuff. So, you know, that really impacted me over the time. So that's why uh, after university, I decided to join the company instead uh, full time. And that's how I got into uh, food and beverage industries. And, um, you know, I've been with Starbucks for about, you know, three years, four years. And then um, uh, afterwards, uh, actually uh, started uh, my own, uh, you know, food and beverage company for about a couple of years. And I ex exited from it. And then when I went back to Taiwan to take, uh, take some time off, uh, I actually joined uh, Deliveroo. So it's uh, actually a uh, third party delivery service and uh, joining us uh, one of their first member in Taiwan, launching the Taiwan market. And uh, that's how I kind of got into the, uh, the delivery ghost kitchen kind of initially. And, um, and after about a couple of years, you know, uh, Delivery actually left uh, Taiwan, but, um, you know, fortunately I was able to, uh, you know, uh, join the team at uh, Just Kitchen and started there. That's awesome. Here. I just wanted to, I'm very curious because it seems like such a, you know, homecoming, going back home to your roots, connecting with your roots in Taiwan. So what prompted you to um, go back to your mother country and what did you see in the market there in Taiwan that enticed you to um, sort of set up your roots and uh, reconnect with them and then set up new roots there? Well, I, I think it's just that, um, you know, um, I, I think <clears throat> um, going, I, I was coming back to Taiwan for 
you know, just for a couple of months before just to take some vacations. And I just found out, you know, um, I, you know, I, I kind of very deeply missed the roots mm-hmm. that, you know, I've been meaning to connecting with. And that's when, uh, you know, I did talk to my wife about it and then we actually decided just to come back to Taiwan and we, we could actually bring a lot of our experience back from North America back to Asia and um, to really just drive that you know like um, um, you know North American style uh, F&B um, because that's uh, a little bit different from uh, what it used to see in Asia yeah so what does a typical day look like for you in your role of EVP at Just Kitchen? Well, um, I mean, I focus a lot actually uh, on the operations part. And um, so I actually spend a lot of time in the store as well with the frontline staff, <laughs> because I think um, usually that's what uh, makes a difference. So uh, I try to uh, spend most of my day either you know, in the store or connecting with the staff. And, you know, spending most of my nighttime instead just doing all the email replying or strategy planning. So while, while I'm actually in the store, you know, I like to interact with the staff, understanding, you know, what kind of challenging challenges they're uh, facing or what kind of, you know, things that they would like to share with me, as well as looking at how we're preparing our food. Are we um, holding our uh, quality or are we... Um, you know, uh, being on time or are we, uh, you know, like making the best experience for the customers. And, and that's why I, how I usually spend my days. Great. I think, you know, I just want to backtrack a little bit. Um, for those who may not know, could you like explain what a ghost kitchen is um, and how the concept kind of came about? Ghost kitchens actually uh, started rising uh, just because of the re platforms right Mm -hmm. and then uh, the reason is because uh, people actually no longer need prime real spaces uh, retail spaces to have walk walk by customers or to have you know walking customers people are simply just ordering food online so people can actually uh, doesn't even know need to know where their uh, restaurant is coming from but to be able to uh, order something that they find that they have a good picture good menu or good price and then you order from the delivery menus. And that's when uh, actually uh, the uh, ghost kitchen really just started to pop up everywhere. So you are based in Taiwan and you also mentioned a physical store as well. So are there, um, if with the Just Kitchen platform, are there multiple, um, you know, locations or, or how exactly does, does uh, Just Kitchen work? Yeah, so for uh, Just Kitchen, uh, we operate uh, under a special model called the Hub and Spoke. A Hub and Spoke model means that the Hub acting as more of a uh, more of a uh, commissary kitchen. So it's like a central kitchen that kind of supplies the stocks for uh, for our Spoke Kitchen, which is like the satellite stores. So um, Usually uh, for a hub uh, can uh, support up to about 20-ish spokes. And uh, currently in Taiwan, we have about uh, 26 spokes and then um, one hub. And then in Hong Kong, we have two spokes. 
and then uh, we're uh, searching for a hub in the Hong Kong uh, market as well. Yeah, and uh, we have a pretty actually uh, aggressive expansion plan for this year. So we're also looking to expanding into Thailand, uh, Malaysia, Singapore, and the uh, Philippines as well. That's awesome. So as the, you know, as someone who runs the operations, what is that expansion going to look like for, for you? Um, do you foresee yourself having to do a lot of traveling? Yeah. So um, actually I find um, the good thing is uh, we're able to uh, search up really good partners um, in each of the locations. Right. So we're able to partner up with um some uh, local uh, well-known uh, F&B companies or with uh, just uh, large companies uh, locally and to be able to uh, do it with a, either either a strategic partnership or JV. And uh, so, uh, you know, people who are locally there really understands the market. So we can provide guidance, you know, or leadership across the country uh, to pro, uh, for the operations and to be able to guide, guide them through into having the same success that we're having as well in Taiwan. So speaking of your clients, um, tell me about a few of them and how you were able to partner with them. Sure. Um, so uh, one of our uh, clients that we're uh, partnering up with in uh, Philippines is called TDG. TDG Group and uh, TDG Group is actually one of the uh, largest. Um, it's called Transdiversional uh, Group, and um, you know I think they're just uh, very well received about what we have accomplished in Taiwan over the two year span, and um, so they were very impressed, and they came actually knocking on our doors, and we were able just to, you know, like find very mutual interest as well as uh, very aggressive, um, you know, uh, expansion strategies. And um, so that's when we decided, you know, uh, there are some clicks between us. So we decided to hold our hands and start developing the Philippines markets. So I know you are not yet uh, in the U.S. market, but do you have potential plans in the future to expand there or, um, you know, in Europe potentially? Yeah, so uh, th there has been, you know, a lot of inquiries, uh, not just uh, in Southeast Asia, but also in U.S., Canada, as well as in Europe. So, um, you know, we, we have been talking to a lot of uh, different players. Uh, some are well-known players and some are, you know, very small players. But, um, you know, we just uh, always look out for uh, exciting opportunities and then good partnership to be able to heads on in the, in the future as well. So what differences or, you know, challenges do you see between the different markets, like, um, for example, in Taiwan, or I guess the greater uh, region of uh, Asia Pacific versus a European or a North American market? What are some of the similarities? What are some of the differences? And what are the challenges in transitioning a model that was established in a place like Taiwan to other um, places in the world? Yeah, I mean, um, I think, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges to, to get the uh, right contents, right? 
So the right kind of food, the right kind of brands uh, across different kind of uh, market uh, and to be able to sell, you know, at a consistent quality and same, same taste as well. And uh, that has been uh, a lot of challenges. So uh, basically we had to uh, move our R&D um, uh, locally at every market to be able to uh, localize the flavor or localize the price or the ingredients. So that's, you know, um, uh, for example, for Malaysia, you know, they don't, a lot of it is Muslims, so they don't eat pork. So how, how can we tweak that menu into a chicken instead, right? right. So um, that, that has been some of the, you know, biggest challenges. But I mean, the overall delivery market, um, having, you know, go to going to your app, ordering food off the delivery app, uh, and then getting your food done in about half an hour, 45 minutes, that, that has been, you know, pretty much the same throughout the world. So yeah, definitely universal there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to ask um, regarding back to Just Kitchen. So regarding Just Kitchen, I know it started off in Taiwan, but what would you say like really distinguishes Just Kitchen from other ghost kitchens or like from other delivery only restaurants or virtual kitchens as they call them? Oh, I mean, for, uh, for, for Just Kitchen, I think, um, I think one thing that we are very proud of is to, to be able to master um, the complexity of the Asian culinary uh, because, um, uh, because I think uh, personally, uh, I've been experienced with uh, FMB both in Western cuisine as well as in Asian culinary, but Asian culinary is very, like, it's very difficult. Um, sometimes I would say that. Uh, it, it, and the reason is because there, there just been so many different type of uh, cooking methods. There's uh, wok frying, stir frying, there's steaming um, or uh, frying, all that stuff. So uh, to be able to um, master all these and put it inside one centralized kitchen, uh, assembly line and to be able to uh, deliver the same fresh taste food in about five to eight minutes. I think that that has been, you know, something that we're very proud of. And uh, we're also very proud of is um, we, we actually invest very heavily in technology. So, um, so we were actually able to um, uh, utilize a lot on tech to make our decisions such as, you know, uh, doing data science or doing forecastings or some machine learning into our um, into our everyday uh, operations. So, how does Just Kitchen and I guess Ghost Kitchens in general? How do uh, you go about marketing um, all of the different vendors? Uh, I think um, you know for for marketing, it still comes down to conversion, right? And um, it, it really just comes down to uh, what can trigger. The, uh, the customers to purchase at that instant. And uh, I think all still comes down to the delivery platform. And uh, we've tried a lot of different ways of uh, marketing initiatives from uh, doing Google, Google ads to Facebook ads or um, you know, other different channels. But what we found uh, impacted probably the, the best still comes down to uh, the delivery apps marketing uh, Schemes. It could be, you know, it could be promotions or it could be, you know, uh, buy, buy one, get one free, or it could be, you know, simply just 
um, you know, uh, buy A, get B or whatever. So I think um, the, in terms of marketing, we spent, um, we, we actually have a um, live tracking to, to look at, you know, the, uh, the type of efficiency that we get out of each of the brand or each of the different locations and to be able to allocate the budget to where we think has mo make the most impact, so. Yeah, I was just wondering, um, did the business, because it is it is a ghost kitchen, right? Uh, what was your experience with um, operating the business during the COVID-19 pandemic? Did the COVID-19 pandemic cause a growth in the amount of business that was coming in? Yeah, so um, the funny thing is actually uh, our business started actually two months prior to covid Oh. And, um, you know, so a lot of people thought, you know, we, we actually started during COVID. But uh, the funny thing is because we just started two months prior. Right. And, um, you know, the uh, definitely I think COVID uh, helped us a lot in terms of, um, you know, our rapid growth or expansion. Uh, but we do see that, you know, the consumer trend uh, keeps changing after uh, COVID. Um, you know, after each wave happens, I think uh, people are starting just to, you know, get getting used to to uh, get their food through a delivery platform instead. Just trying to, you know, uh, prevent you know contact uh, uh, about getting their food. So uh, COVID definitely helped us a lot in terms of uh, you know business volume, and over time we do see that this. Uh, um, you know, uh, ghost kitchen or delivery platforms is, is here to stay and, um, and it's not going anywhere soon. So. And, you know, on that note, ghost kitchens are of course, relatively new, but, uh, you know, a growing phenomenon, as you as you just said, and they're not going anywhere, they're here to stay. So, uh, where do you see them going in the next, let's say five to 10 years and what kind of growth do you see? Yeah, so I, I think um, Ghost Kitchen right now, we only probably tap into like, um, you know, I would say 10% of it. I mean, there's just a, such a big, huge potential. Like uh, the latest, uh, you know, tidal wave we're, we're seeing right now is uh, all these celebrities are endorsing their uh, own, you know, food brands, right? Like Mr. Beast or, you know, Mariah Carey or Wiz Cliff, uh, Wiz Cliffat or something. And so I think, um, you know, uh, th there's just endless po possibilities of what a virtual brand or ghost kitchen can do out of a, you know, out of their, uh, out of their kitchen. And, um, and I think um, in, in the future, um, I think uh, there are just going to be a lot more choices that can be provided to the consumers. So uh, what I used to, you know, what, uh, I think um, uh, virtual brand is going to pull in the, uh, the distance between people from their food. Meaning that if I want to have a Philly cheesesteak from Philly, you know, I might need not need to travel to, you know, Philadelphia anymore. I can just order that off my, um, you know, ghost kitchen uh, off my block, right? If I want to have that, you know, authentic Chinese, I don't have to be in China, right? I don't have to be in Taiwan, but, you know, there's a ghost kitchen that folks specialize in Asian culinary that can actually just serve the same great tasting food 
just right around the corner, right? So I think uh, that that is definitely going to be um, what the future of food is going to be like, for sure. It's, we were just actually talking about last week on the food podcast or a few weeks ago, um, how cryptocurrency and the metaverse um, is sort of uh, converging a little bit with the food industry. Um, now, since ghost kitchens are kind of new, and I've been seeing that, you know, a lot of newer food and beverage industries are sort of either allowing consumers to pay with Bitcoin or sort of like getting into the metaverse. Um, is that something you foresee uh, Just Kitchen or ghost kitchens in general taking part in either now or in the future? Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, we, we actually um, have a new uh, department that actually just built up not too long ago that started to uh, study into how crypto or NFTs can uh, really help out uh, in our industries. And I mean, sometimes NFT um, could be a piece of art or it could be uh, somewhat, I call it more of a CRM program, could be a loyalty program, or it could be, you know, a membership program as well, right? So I think, um, you know, with NFT growing, I think, um, you know, a lot of operators are looking at how we can leverage NFTs into our uh, loyalty programs. So how can that be our membership programs? How, how, um, how uh, we can use that as a, uh, as a uh, giving away points or giving away, you know, food um, and to attract customers back over and over again. So. I think uh, for now, uh, what I see uh, how NFT or crypto can play in this uh, currently is um, definitely uh, can play a big role in loyalties for uh, ghost kitchens. Interesting. I would have, I, 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 it's very interesting to hear you say that because I wouldn't have thought even that that, yeah. that would have been, yeah, that would have been <laughs> how you would use uh, crypto or NFTs. Do either of you guys have any other questions for Michael? Uh, no, I think um, that was just absolutely great. And uh, Michael, if you'd like to just um, end with something, any kind of sort of uh, a message to food innovators, maybe other, you know, people looking to get into ghost into the ghost kitchen market or just, um, just something interesting that you'd like to really share or a take home message for maybe customers that may not be convinced of ghost kitchens or, or, or things like that. So anything you'd like to share uh, just to end off, that'd be great. Sure. Um, so I think, uh, you know, over the months of uh, looking at the whole industry growing, um, you know, I, I think uh, there, there's a lot of different, um, you know, uh, uh, misleading information about, you know, how ghost kitchen are not you know, cooking good quality food or, you know, are, are just serving food out of, you know, the shack or warehouse or whatever. But, uh, you know, we, we, I've personally uh, seen, seen um, you know, um, more than, you know, uh, you know, half or at least uh, more than 80% of the ghost kitchens that are super professionally done. And uh, they are actually, the, the operators are sc scrapping their heads every day just to uh, look at ways of improving, you know, just a slightly more uh, on heat or how we can package it better so it doesn't leak. So I think, um, you know, for whoever is actually listening out there, uh, really give some more faith 
into the uh, ghost kitchens and as well as the virtual brand because uh, I think uh, you'll, you'll be blown away by some of the qualities or the packagings that you'll see out there. And you'll be pretty amazed by the amount of uh, the type of quality of food that you, you will receive on your next orders. Awesome. Well, with that, that brings us to the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And Michael, thank you so much for being our very first guest. We really appreciate your insights on ghost kitchens and the food and beverage industry. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much, guys. Um, it, it was such a pleasure uh, talking to you guys and uh, talking about those kitchens. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.